Yeah, like we always do with this. Yeah. Yeah, like we always do it this time I go for mine and made plans for yours Cause I got the shine Go bar for bar, go line for line Like Kobe in 99, I'm so close to prime Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind We living in a moment, there's no post to bind You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb I remember man, 11 years old when I made it to go Up in Fairville, I related to cold Fresh Hello and welcome to back cold. to Film Soliloquy We are the podcast where we exchange movies You're here with the Dancing and Highsmith of podcasting I haven't said that in a while. Uh, my name's Jeff. With me is Jason, and uh, we have a doozy. I said as a question, I guess we have a doozy. Of, me, we have a doozy of a show for you this week. <laughs> Just oh, I'm excited. Um, so, uh, if you don't know, we exchange movies. I gave Jason a movie that he has not seen that I've seen, and vice versa. He's given me one that he's seen but I have not seen. And uh, we're going to review them and rate them for you, and we're going to fully spoil them. So, if you have any intention of seeing any of these movies, check those time codes and uh, go to wherever you like in the show. So, uh, Jason, who's going first? Uh, you went first last week, right? Did I? I don't. I don't. Know. I could check the. I, so. I could check the archive. I'm pretty sure you want to go first because me and you have a lot to talk about in the movie you gave me. Uh, so I did go first last time, but I'll go first then. It, it, well, it's up to you. Don't matter. Okay, I'll go first. I'm gonna get this out of the way because okay. I'm more excited. Let, let's save the best for last. I'm more excited to hear what you think of your film than you know this movie you made me watch. All right, so here's a spoiler. Hey, that was a good movie, huh? It was a good movie. Well, we'll find out what how good it is and how you'll have to rate it for the rest of your life. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching October Sky, directed by a uh, Joe Johnston, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Cooper, Laura Dern, and a host of others. Uh, this movie takes place during the space race in the 50s, right? Uh, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, and because, so it the opening scene is, is people are hearing about for the first time Sputnik, which is the first satellite ever in space deployed by the Russians. And this is in the height of the Cold War. America and the USSR at the time is just trying to be the first ones to space because they think it signifies, uh, you know, who is the great power in the world. Uh, so... As everyone's listening to this, a young Jake Gyllenhaal hears about it. He's in class taught by Laura Dern, who Jason has remembers her from Jurassic Park, although there are no dinosaurs in this movie. So Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Ain't no dinosaur bones on this one, man. So Jake Gyllenhaal, who is playing a real life person of Homer Hickman, uh, decides that he wants to get into rockets and he befriends a social outcast at his school, this red-haired geeky guy with braces. If you've seen a movie with a red-haired geeky guy with braces, you probably know the actor I'm talking about. Uh, I've seen him in other things that he's one of those faces I can't place, but I know I've seen. American Pie. Sure. Um, now, they befriend, uh, they become friends, and uh, Homer... Jake Gyllenhaal brings in a couple other of his other friends and they start building rockets. Now, this is much to the dismay of his father, played by Chris Cooper, who is a miner. This all takes place in a mining city in Virginia, where pretty much the entire 
economy of this town is based on the mine. So think Detroit and the auto industry, except on a smaller scale, where if this mine goes down, the city much is pretty much going to die because there's not a lot of commerce there without the money coming into the city that mining brings. So for Chris Cooper's character, passing mining down to his sons is a way to ensure that they are able to make money and to preserve this hometown of theirs. So Chris Cooper is not happy about Jake Gyllenhaal really wasting his time in air quotes on anything other than mining. He wants him to do, become a miner. Uh, he has an older brother who is able to get a scholarship because of his football talents and his dad is proud of him. However, the passions of Jake Gyllenhaal just don't translate to his dad. He, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand why rockets, why he should put time into rockets. And frankly, in the grand scheme of things, I kind of get, right? You know, like, are rockets really, and, and, and this is at a time where rockets are just kind of starting out, right? Is it a flash in the pan? Once we get to space, you know, what's it really going to mean? Blah, blah, blah. So I kind of get where Chris Cooper is. He's He's trying to make sure his child is safe and protected, even though that means being a miner, which is an extremely dangerous job, which several miners get injured uh, over the course of this movie, including uh, a loss of life uh, to someone that Jake Gyllenhaal befriends. He kind of wraps the whole town up in this rocket uh, endeavor of his and his friends where they come to see the rockets launch and he, he uses the skills of other people to help him build rockets and get insight from everyone. And the whole time, Laura Dern, his teacher, Miss Riley, is encouraging this behavior, saying, you know, this is good, keep going, keep pushing, and we're going to get you to the science fair where you can get a scholarship, right? And the whole thing for um, Jake Gyllenhaal is he wants out of this town, right? The One of the things he doesn't want to be a, um, what do you call it, a minor, because he doesn't want to be stuck here. And is it like a chicken and the egg situation is he went out of town because he doesn't want to be a minor or is it because his, I don't know, like he just wants out. So his brother gets a scholarship through football. This is the only way that Jake Gyllenhaal knows how to not be a minor is getting a scholarship through science. Uh, so if you've seen a lot of movies where, and I can't think of any off top, maybe you can, but movies where there's the unapproving dad of the passionate child. Um, I, the only one that's coming to mind is Dewey Cox. The wrong kid died. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> the wrong kid died. I mean, died. there's plenty of movies, but like you said, I mean, nothing pops off immediately to mind. Yeah. You know. I, I do like this relationship and the way it's portrayed between Jake Gyllenhaal and his dad because it feels genuine. It feels real. The motivations of Chris Cooper are clear and they make sense. Uh, there's even a scene like you do. They don't want you to really be misconstrued. Right. Uh, Chris Cooper is not a, a not an abusive father. Uh, he just believes he knows what's right for his children, and he's trying to lead them down that path. And when they don't act the way he wants them to, his only recourse is to be stern and close up and kind of separate himself uh, from his son and what he's doing. 
Well, Chris Cooper gets injured partway through the movie in a mining accident where he tries to save some other miners. He saves a few. There's a loss of one who is a friend of Jake Gyllenhaal's. Uh, Since he is now injured, there's no one actually bringing money into the household. So the Jake Gyllenhaal's older brother is like, hey, I'll skip my scholarship for football. I'll go and mine. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, that doesn't make any sense. You have your scholarship. Jake Gyllenhaal hangs up the rocket boots, so to speak, and starts working in the mine. His dad uh, heals up and comes back to the mine. And there's this actually really great, like, their relationship immediately improves in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of him patting his son on the shoulder, just being proud and boasting to his co-workers about how great his son is at the job. And, his, and Jake Gyllenhaal is doing a great job, but at the end of the day, it's not his passion, so... He gets convinced by Miss Riley to quit mining and go back to rocket building, which upsets his dad. Um, I'm going to kind of rush along because if you're listening to this, you kind of know where this is going. Like the story doesn't surprise me really at any point. You just kind of get like for me, the only question in the movie for me was, is his dad going to support his son at the end? Or is he going to disown him, right? That's the only thing that I'm kind of questioning. But the rest of this, even though it's based on a true story, uh, I kind of know where it's going. So he ends up winning a small science fair, a local science fair, and he gets to go to a national science fair or a statewide or something like that, where he can earn that scholarship. Well, spoilers, he wins the scholarship and comes home. Everybody's really proud of him. Uh, he There's actually a point where uh, <laughs> he needs some help, apparently. So at this time, uh, his dad, Jake Gyllenhaal's dad, is like the running the mining company. And a bunch of miners go on strike. And Chris Cooper's like, well, I'm not paying you anymore, you know. And so there's this kind of conflict going on in the town. And they end up taking it out. They don't say for sure who did it, but they sort of allude to that these miners are taking it out on Chris Cooper's son, Jake Gyllenhaal, by stealing some of his stuff from the science fair. So his mom finds out, and the only way to kind of get this stuff repaired and for the people to make it is to get back to work. And so his dad has to cross the line of this strike and get these people back to work. So his uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's mom who's cold-blooded in this movie at a couple points. There's a point like when Chris Cooper gets injured and like Jake Gyllenhaal runs home. He's like, where's dad? Oh my gosh, what's happened? And his mom is just blank staring at the wall. And she's like, one day that man's going to kill himself and I won't give a damn or I'm not going to cry or something like that. Just like so like cold. But so she finds out. It's like a defense mechanism for her. I mean, she hates the fact that her, you know, that he makes a living that way because it's always dangerous. And she just that's her, you know, she's just building that uh, barrier around herself so she doesn't get hurt because it's inevitable that he's going to die down there, whether it be a physical injury or a long term injury like the black lung. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. So uh, that's just kind of a side to it. That's when he gets injured and Jake Gyllenhaal has to go to work in the in the mines. So 
she finds out uh, that he needs these parts and the only way to get them is for people to go back to work. So she goes down to Chris Cooper and says, you need to get these people back to work because you need to help your son or so help me. I'm leaving and we're going to get a divorce. Like she lays it down just like that. Uh, So he decides uh, smartly to go ahead and get everyone back to work and he's able to get his son the parts he needs. Jake Gyllenhaal goes on, wins the dealie. Uh, gets his scholarship, goes home, everybody's celebrating. They're getting ready to set up their final launch of this rocket. And they go, uh, he ends up going to his dad and he's trying to make amends. You know, he's trying to, he he's not going to change his passion, but he wants to give his dad the opportunity to be part of it. And so he's like, hey, we're going to do our, our latest rocket launch at whatever time, down to the usual spot, if you want to come and check it out. And his dad's like, oh, I got a lot of work to do, which is an excuse he always has. And there's a point in the movie, too, where Jake Dillon was like, well, you always make time for my brother's football games. Why can't you make time for this? And so needless to say, we're at the final launch. We're kind of at the last scene here and they're getting ready to launch this this Uber rocket that's going to go further and higher than any of the other ones. And um Turns out his dad shows up, you know, he, he's going to support his son in this. There's a point, I guess, where he decides, hey, it's either support my son in this or lose him. And again, he makes the right decision. He's going to support his son. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal comes up to his dad and says, hey, it won't launch unless someone pushes the button. Uh, it's yours if you want it. And so his dad pushes the button that launches the rocket into the sky. And then that's the end of the movie. We get a couple clips of the real life counterparts. And where they ended up, uh, Homer ends up working for NASA. The super geek guy runs a company or something. It doesn't matter. But they all <laughs> go on to be successful in certain ways, but not all of them go to NASA. And, like, it was weird the geeky guy was, like, running a, a food, fast food chain. or Like, he – it was something that wasn't – because in the entire time in the I, movie – I think it was, like, an insurance company or something. Right. So, in the movie, they established that he's kind of the brains. He's the mathematician. Right. And Jake Gyllenhaal's not good at math. And he kind of offsets that and he learns math partway through. But really, the brains of the operation is this redheaded, geeky kid. Uh, and the other guys are just muscle. They're, they don't really do anything other than just kind of share in the passion because they also want to get out of this town. Um, so, the, yeah, you just get this little clip of what they really ended up doing. You get pictures of the real people. Um, and then we're at the end. Credits are rolling, and and that's our movie. That was a good ass summary, man. Yeah, I skipped. There's a there's a whole subplot with a fire um, that they get blamed for starting, and then Jake Gyllenhaal maths his way out of it to find this rocket to prove that they're innocent. And uh, but for the most part, I think I covered the bases. It's a pretty simple, straightforward story. It's a, a beautiful runtime of just about a hundred minutes which I really appreciate. <laughs> and uh, you're welcome. So uh, I'm ready to grate this film. If uh, you're ready to receive the rating, go for it, man. Uh, this is a B plus uh, really good, really worth watching. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, which is why I wouldn't tick it up into the a, cause there's not anything wrong with this movie other than that. Uh, this story isn't new to me, this father, son dynamic and whether they're going to patch it out or not. But it's just done really, really well. It's well acted, uh, well written, and it's it's worth watching. 
man, that was, that was a beautiful summer, man. I remember watching that movie a long time ago, and it's always resonated with me. Um, oh, I like uh, Rocketry Space, um, Mathematics, all that cool stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I texted you. I thought it was a well done. I texted you when I was watching it. I was like, you know, the thing is, Jay, you like rockets <laughs> and aircraft and this sort of aeronautics stuff. I don't care, but it'd be like me giving you a movie about pro wrestling, something that you're, you're, <laughs> you've seen a bit. You watch The Rock, that's your dude, but you really that's don't care. Guy. And if I gave you a movie about wrestling, which there are a few on the list, uh, you'd have a hard time getting excited about it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your turn. Um, uh, I have a feeling this right. is going to go well for me, but uh, I am ready to listen. All right. Listen, man. This might have to be like a tandem review because I don't do accents very well. And there's a bunch of lines in here that are just phenomenal in this film. Uh, anyway, so the movie that you gave me is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Now, this movie came out in 2010. And it's just dumbfounded me that this is the type of movie I like. And I can't believe I've never heard of it or seen it until you recommended it. Uh, it's 89 minutes long. It's directed by uh, Eli Craig, who uh, I don't know who it is. But nine minutes. No fat. <laughs> no He's put an emphasis. No an emphasis on, on this movie. 89 <laughs> precise minutes. <laughs> All right, listen. So it stars. I'm gonna give you uh, three. I'm gonna give you like four characters. There's only four. There's only really four characters that matter. So right, you have Dale, you have Tucker, you have Allison and Chad. Dale is played by Tyler Labine. I don't know who the hell that is. Tucker is played by Alan uh, Tudyk. Yeah, yeah, Alan Tudyk. Now listen, uh, I know he's in many different movies, um, and though he does a lot of voiceover, especially like Rogue One, which I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, dude. Only I only know him from Dodgeball as Steve the Pirate. Right. right. <laughs> that's all I know him from. And any, and, um, uh, that's like the only I think mainstream thing. But anybody who's ever watched Firefly or Serenity will know him as Wash. Same actor. Yep. I don't know. I, didn't they make a movie like mm-hmm. Serenity? Firefly? Yeah, Serenity. But I, it's not something I could ever give you because you'd have to have watched the series. But you know. I've seen it before. Oh, okay. He's he's washed. And yeah, he is in like he's the main character in Serenity, right? No, he plays the pilot. No. Oh, okay. Uh, you have Allison, who's played by Katrina Bowden, and uh, Chad, who's played by Jesse Moss. These are pretty much the only four characters that you need to know mm-hmm. about. Um, so what it is, it follows these two hillbillies <laughs> in uh in western and in, in West Virginia. Um. Tucker and Dale have just, uh, they seem like lifelong buddies who've been friends for many, many years. They enjoy many things together. Um, and it, and so, it so happened to be that Dale, um, has spent, um, no, no, Tucker, excuse me. Tucker has bought, uh, this cabin, um, in West, West Virginia. He's pretty much dished all his money into it. And there's many different, uh, I mean, it's not like, you're 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 watching the movie and it's narrated to you in some way. No, it's like everything is said by these characters uh, through some type of dialogue and Ooh. through some action, and it's just just wild. So I mean, let me give you a quick background on these characters. So you have Dale, who is this hillbilly character. He's not very good looking. He's a little bit overweight. Um, he's not good with his words. He's uh, he's not a very good ladies man. 
and you have Tucker, who's the kind of like the exact opposite. He's also a hillbilly. He's not. He's he's kind of in shape. He's not the best looking guy, but he also has he exudes confidence. Like he knows he can carry on a conversation with a woman. He can get women, according to him. Actually, you, you never see that anywhere in the film, right? But, uh, <laughs> So they actually encounter a, a group of college kids who seem to want to take this getaway um, in West Virginia. Um, so it follows a group of kids called um, named Allison, Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd and Mitch and Mike. Uh, they want to go camping. And uh, the, the story kind of sets this background that, hey, the place that they're going to, Chad's telling the story that this place is based on a Memorial Day massacre where 20 years ago, a hillbilly attacked some college kids going skinny dipping and brutally murdered all the kids and only one person survived. And that's how they're able to tell the story. So um, there you already have this preference that these kids are hearing the story. They know they're going out there. There could be potential for uh, some axe murderers out there and just so happened to be that Dale and Tucker are also going in the same patch of woods and they see these college kids and he's like hey you know i want to i want to have i want to spark up a conversation i want to you know interact with these you know these hot looking women and he just he's what what is that thing he's carrying it's like it's like a, a scythe like you would see death yeah, scythe. yeah like uh what's that video game that everyone plays um with the scythe on it where you die really easy oh um, like dark souls Dark Souls, yeah. yeah, like a like a big weapon Just, like that. And he's carrying you, and talking. If you've seen, which you haven't, JB, but if you've seen Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, you know Death's in that movie. He carries a large scythe. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, Death. Yeah, Death carries that. Yeah, yeah. all those cart stuff. Yeah. So I mean, he's he <laughs> he's interacting with with Allison, carrying his big scythe stumbling over his words and it just shows the type of character he is he's just he's not he you can see like he's he's soft as a teddy bear and he's he has good intentions but he just doesn't exude it and no one interacts with him that way so um the movie moves on they 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 have that quick <laughs> shuffle and chad's there to save the day like hey stop talking to this girl when you get out of here and and uh, Tucker's like, yeah, man, you really screwed that up. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gives him advice. He's like, uh, they like it when you laugh. It shows confidence. So he just randomly starts laughing. He's like, you guys going camping? <laughs> it's, dude, he's... I, when, I, when I first... I, you know, when, when I popped this movie and I was thinking, expecting something completely different, just like this, you know, horror movie, just bloodbath, like something's going to happen where everyone gets murdered. But it's just this movie is just based on a series of unfortunate events. I mean, you could literally change name to Tucker and Dale, a series of unfortunate events where everything is just misunderstood on both aspects of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, based what the movie does, it follows this path. Right. So they go to this. They go to the cabinets completely in a wreck. Um, he spent all his money in it, but they know it's a fixer upper, and he knows that when they get it fixed up, that's going to be like their vacation home. And you can see immediately, and many many different things are wrong with it. There's this one supportive beam in the house that if you lean over it, uh, a beam like another support beam comes down from the from the roof with uh, a bunch of nails that can impale you, <laughs> and so. It, it kind of sets up several different things that can happen into the film. 
So you follow the film follows the two. You follow Tucker and Dale. You follow Allison and her friends. Um, late at night, uh, you know, there's debauchery going on. The kids are in there, want to go skinny dipping. And Tucker and Dale are sitting out on the same lake fishing. And uh, you see Allison, you know, preparing to get skinny dip. And uh, and da- and uh, Tucker just yells out, hey, Dale, look at this. And <laughs> Allison gets freaked out. And <laughs> and then this is where basically the, the series of unfortunate events happen, where she falls over, bangs her head, and does not resubmerge um, from the water. You can tell that she's hit her head and she's drowning. And so they get the boat and they start going over there to rescue her. And her friends, her friends are on the other side of the, the uh, of the lake viewing this, where they seeing they seeing two guys who were acting really weird at the gas station earlier in the film, taking their their body of their friend who's limp. You know, it's it lifeless, basically, mm-hmm. and, and and going away on the boat. So they're thinking that they just kidnapped her when they're really literally trying to help her out. <laughs> they So, I mean, the film goes and you have these two separate instances <laughs> going on where she's now waking up into this this wrecked uh, vacation home is spider webs everywhere dust is you know it's it's definitely a fixer-upper and she's very you know she's very cautious like hey what are you doing with me and he's and and tucker's doing no no dale's doing everything that he can to make it more comfortable for her so he's Mm -hmm. actually cooking her cooking her breakfast he brings it over to her and she screams because she's scared and he's just an assumption oh you don't like pancakes Uh, i'll be back i'm gonna make you a new meal so he he scurries back and starts cooking her bacon and eggs (laughs) and so if you think about it from the point of view of, of allison's friends they see hey these two strange hillbilly guys have kidnapped our friend they're probably doing god knows what to her we We've heard this crazy story of a Memorial Day massacre that occurred 20 years ago from Hillbillies, and this is probably their 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 anniversary, their 20th anniversary to recreate or you know reenact uh, a murderous event that happened back then. We need to go in there and save her, and so they um they they find the cabin that they're staying at, and <laughs> this is just where it just goes crazy, man. Like I, I do have to say, I don't want to go in too much detail because. This movie, you have to see everything. If I were to go into every single detail, so right. like, like Jeff said in the beginning of this, it is 89 minutes of solid humor. <laughs> okay, there is no break in this movie. You, and once you start watching, you will be absorbed into here. There is so many different one-liners, so many events that happen, so many crazy killings. <laughs> what's going on? Like. I just give you a, a, a good taste of it. So you have these, you have the group of kids. You have Chad, Chloe, Chuck, Jason, Naomi, Todd, Mitch, and Mike going to go rescue her, the friend Allison that's held captive, quote unquote, by these two hillbillies. Um, you have Dale inside tending to Allison because uh, she has, she bumped her head. He has some type of. Um, material on her head to, to help heal her and you have tucker outside who's trying to renovate his house he's got a chainsaw he's gonna chop up some wood 
And uh, unbeknownst to him, there's a beehive or a hornet's nest inside the wood, and he cuts straight into it and is an elite and then uh, unleashes a, a swarm of bees or hornets. And he's running around <laughs> with his chainsaw getting <laughs> up by bees. And then you see the group of friends see this crazed killer <laughs> running around with a chainsaw. <laughs> so they start running away from him because they he, he they think that oh, they're they're chasing him, he's chasing him with a chainsaw, he's gonna kill everybody. Yet he's just trying to run away from bees. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the friends, I don't know what who it is. It might be Mitch. It might be Mike. It yeah, might be it Jason or Chuck. I'm not. Too, it doesn't matter. But uh, while they're running, he kind of realizes, oh, he's not chasing me to chainsaw. He's getting swarmed by bees. And right when he realized that, he impales himself <laughs> onto, onto like a a, a a a broken tree branch. <laughs> it's, it's a bit. It's like it's humongous. But he didn't completely impales himself and blood spitting out of his mouth it's uh the next the next uh event where they're trying to go back they they see their friend has impaled himself but unbeknownst to his friends they think that he's been murdered by one of the hillbilly men they try to go back and rescue do a, doing another attempt to rescue and tucker's outside taking the chopped wood and trying to turn it into um to wood chips um with one of those wood chippers yeah. <laughs> i guess that's the yeah. appropriate uh technical term for that machinery and uh he he's about to get uh surprise attacked by one of these kids and he ducks over and the kid jumps straight into the wood chipper <laughs> <laughs> and this movie for being a comedy does not skimp on the gore it's a hard r uh with with the special effects it is pretty much like all practical too which i really like there's none of uh, that cg blood that just doesn't you know appeal to me if i'm watching a horror movie uh i like the sort of i like what they did here there's a lot of practical effects yeah it's it's very well done um i think the budget of the film was five million dollars and in the box office it made 5.7 but uh for being such a low budget movie they did exceptional and and far as this as far as the um like the dismemberment, <laughs> yeah, uh, they have you know the prosthetics in the movie, the blood. Uh, this, I mean, it's the it's done by a very good um I guess camera. I mean, it's 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 really well done. Um, again, you guys definitely have to watch this movie. I'm skipping over a lot of stuff. You have to see it. Uh, there's a lot of comical events, a lot of one, a lot of great liners, where you know a sheriff comes in. And uh, the, the kid just literally chopped himself up in the wood. Uh, the other kid grabbed the police and the, the sheriff came and he's basically telling Tucker, like, oh, we need to go to the police. And Tucker's telling Dale, no, I mean, we can't. What are we going to say? And uh, he's like, what are we going to have? Hey, we've had a doozy of a day, officer. <laughs> going with it. <laughs> there we are, mind our own business, making some improvements to our new vacation home. And all of a sudden, these kids start killing themselves on my property. <laughs> so I mean, it's 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 it takes a realistic effect too. I mean, if what are you if you're in that situation, are you can't call the cops either? Right. I mean, they're not going to believe anything you say. I mean, you think a kid's going to impale himself on your property? He's going to throw himself into the wood chipper, and you're there. You are dragging half <laughs> half his body to bury it somewhere. I mean, there's right. there's no way. And uh, I mean, one of the, the big twists that happened in the film is you have uh, Chad, who's one of the, the antagonists into the film where he's trying to catch uh, Tucker and Dale, um, you know, trying to kill him. Uh, he happens to be and this is a huge spoiler. He happens to be half hillbilly. The story that he told where 
um, his mom, where his parents were brutally much, uh, butchered by these uh, hillbillies, where in fact, where uh, he's actually one of the, the kids, uh, the spawns, if you will, of one of um, the, the killers. So he's like half hillbilly himself and half normal person. And, <laughs> what does um, that even that... mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as mean. if, as if uh, you know, being a, a country folk is genetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what the, that's what this movie is all about. I mean, it, it's fun. It's humorous. Um, it's <clears throat> you, you think it's going a certain way, but it's just these two group of folks who are defending themselves in every way possible. And it can go horribly wrong. It, it's, and it's kind of like if death was there, like if you think of, it, of this like a, a Final Destination movie, yeah. but more of a comedy, that's exactly what goes on here. <laughs> um, like they they have this, they have a sit down kind of like a, um, what's that word that pirates use? A parlay, parlay right? Yeah. They have a parlay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a parlay where they're sitting at the dinner table and get, uh, you have Chad and Chuck, Tucker and Dale and uh their friends still don't know about the parlay so they're like hey we need to go inside and rescue them obviously they're they're sitting they're sitting there they're ha- having like a a powwow a parlay at the table and yet their their friends still think in danger they storm <laughs> they storm the place and uh crazy accidents happen to them too <laughs> they said uh like she like one of their friends comes in and that she throws what was it like something that burns his face and catches on fire oh no like he sits he gets his leg caught on fire, and then instead of throwing what she thinks is water, oh, she right. throws moonshine on him, and, <laughs> and it completely lights his friend ablaze. I mean, it's just crazy stuff like that. And uh, what's really cool at the very end of all this is um, Dale actually has the courage to start, be, you know, showing that he is he has a good sense of character. Um, he's 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 warm hearted. He may not be may not be the best looking guy, but he has a good heart right and that's basically all you kind of need to be in a good relationship you can be with anybody and as long as you're confident and you have a good heart right mm-hmm. and so um allison and dale actually take take a liking to each other and chad thinks of this as stockholm syndrome which is um like a a term used by psychologists where you fall in love with your captive mm-hmm. uh captor so um uh, anyway, at the very end, I, I know I'm skipping over it, but you I, have to see this, man. Yeah. There's there's no way I can tell you everything that happens in this film. Uh, but all in the end, uh, there's a big duel between Dale and Chad um, at this uh, abandoned warehouse place. And Allison has been taken captive by Chad, who's just gone completely crazy, which the movie kind of, you know, alludes to saying, hey, he's half hillbilly, so he's crazy. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have this huge battle. Dale comes up on top. He s- saves the day. He he, he um, starts to date Allison. Uh, Tucker is in the hospital from horrific injuries where Chad chopped off his bowling fingers, and <laughs> they had a crazy car accident where there's – where Dale celebrated too early by driving away, but drove into a tree. <laughs> so, <laughs> did did they make a second second no. of this film? No. Equal? Oh, okay. well, good because it shouldn't have to be. This, this this is super well done. Right? Yeah, it's not the sort of I can't imagine how you would make a sequel to this. It just <laughs> you can't have the same circumstances happen twice. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I mean, I know I skipped over a bunch of 
great scenes that happen in this. But again, I think I'd be doing it injustice if I talked about it and you guys don't watch it. I, I've learned that when going back over comedies is anytime I try to recreate or pass that joke along, it just doesn't work. Uh, and it's the sort of thing you definitely, I agree with Jason, you have to watch for yourself to be able to get the full experience because Alan Tudyk and, and the, the actor that plays Dale are just so good and it's well worth your time. 98 minutes. There, uh, I mean, you have that comedic timing, right? And that's what makes comedians funny, right? Mm-hmm. That comedic timing that they have where they say the line perfectly. They wait for those appropriate pauses. They put emphasis on their words and you get that every single time you see Tucker and Dale on film. They, mm-hmm. they say their lines perfectly. They're in character. It's very well done. This is an A movie, man. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. I appreciate the A. And I obviously will always refer to it as such. Mm-hmm. What does it take to pull an A-plus out of you? <laughs> I don't know. We have to find out when you give me one. God. Ugh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Well, uh, That's, it's a it's a high A, man, really high. Because you don't have any high complaints. A. It's just a great movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm pleased with an A. Let me just say that. Not that it matters, because you know what I mean. All right. Well, it's our favorite time. Uh, we've graded our movies. Now it's time to move on to next week. Now, normally, Jason, I would give you a movie, and you would give me a movie. But we actually have a special guest coming on next week. And a matter of fact, he's here with us now. Welcome from Tessa and Elliot Argue. Elliot, and I don't want to say your last name. That's okay. But it's Elliot. My wife drops our last names all the time and then goes, oh, oops. I'm not going to lie. I literally fast forward to this part of the podcast every time I listen just to hear what the next movies are. Because you timestamp it. And then I go back and listen from the beginning every single time. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, Well... You uh, are going to get to give us a movie. Uh, now, hey, we're going to try hey. to act surprised, but you've told us what it is. Hey, man. But we've got a movie for you. That, huh? Hey, man, it's better be good. Uh, last time we did this, it didn't go okay. so hot. <laughs> so, as the guest, would you like to receive your movie or give I'll, us I'll our give movie? I'll give first because I really, I for the last couple minutes have been like trying to guess what the two of you were talking about. And I have no idea. Um, okay. So I'm going to give you The Vast of Night. It just came out on Amazon Prime about two months ago now, I think. It hasn't been out that long. Um, but it's kind of got like a cult following already to it. So Okay, now, is this a French film? No. No, no, no. Okay. All English. How speaking. many subtitles? No subtitles. Okay. Man. So Jesus. This now, is back the last nightmares. time we had... <clears throat> friend of you and me and Jason Scott on the uh, show we gave him one of the I couldn't believe greatest... he did that I couldn't believe he did it to my boy now we're not allowed to say Jason and I because we think it's a C plus movie but what letter grade would you give John oh, Wick John Wick is easily an A movie it's, it's well, how unfortunately... high do you give it but yeah, that's a good ass C plus yeah. movie bro oh my goodness Man, uh, we have to disagree and call it a C plus movie because of the rules of the podcast. And if we give Vast the Night an F, 
for the remainder of your days. I will say that. Movie to I will. I will adhere okay. to the rules. So now we are going to give you uh, a movie, Oof. and it's an action one. Okay. So, uh, Jason, you want to introduce this one? Uh, yeah, man. I wasn't prepared to because I don't know none of these actresses' name, but it's a it's a tight ass action film, man. Like I I remember watching this film and just falling in love with it, just like I was just oh. just clinging to the television, and I immediately called Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, you gotta watch this movie. And he immediately watched it. We both fell in love with it. It's a great action film. Yep. It is called Upgrade. I'm not, I know nothing of this. Ooh, beautiful. Sweet. Perfect. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Well, again, like I tell Jason, don't read a synopsis. I won't. Just boot it up wherever you, sh- I, I'm going to see if I can find a place you can stream it. Um, Cinemax but, or something. Uh, if, yeah. Um, either way, I'll send you four bucks to rent it if I no, need to. I'll, but, I got it. I'll get it. We'll find it. All right. Well, we do recommend it, but again, you you could come on our show, you could give us some terrible grade, and we'll have to live with it. But I, I do want you to be honest. I don't want there to be pressure. Oh, if you hate zero. the movie. Oh. Okay. Good. All right. But if you love it, you got to give it a good grade too. So, uh, that's it for our fil- uh, our episode this. Uh, I don't want to say this week. That's it for our episode. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Film Soliloquy. Our music is by Sir Flame. You can check them out at yeah. Set It On Flame on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I guess that's it. We'll see you guys on the next episode of yeah. Film Soliloquy. Can't wait. Yeah, like we always do it this time. I go for mine and made plans for yours because I got the shine. Go bar for bar. Go line for line like Kobe in 99. I'm so Let's get to next week's movies. That's where we'll stop. Yep. I- it's a little different this week, fellas. We're not going to give each other a... We're not going to give each other a movie this week uh, as, as far as Jason, well, as far as Jeff and I are concerned. <laughs> Third person, you've been watching The Rock too much. I have been, man. <laughs> you do remember but, we recorded uh, this, right? With Elliot? Uh, listen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. All right, let's skip all this, all right, man. No, we're, not, we're not skipping it. We're going to cut to that right now. We, we recorded next week's movies before yeah. recording this episode. So, uh, and here it is. Yeah. Yeah, like we always do it this time. I go for mine and made plans for yours because I got the shine. Go bar for bar, go line for line like Kobe in 99. I'm so close to prime. Bad bitch by my side, I'm so close behind. We living in a moment, there's no post to bind. You think there was a deal that I'm supposed to sign? The game's just a mountain that I'm supposed to climb. I remember, man, 11 years old when I made it to go. Up in Fairville, I related to cold. Fresh bubble jacket, shit, I hated the cold. But when winter come around, we would play in the snow. They had enough North Sway, so I made it.